Welcome to the most recent, newest, shiniest episode of Snack This, bite-sized education microcasts, grab-and-go PD for the driven teacher. In today's episode, I'm going to make an attempt to prove that good does not exist. Maybe even truth doesn't exist. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how far I'm going to take this today. But what I'll be using for reference is my homeboy, GWF Hegel's Reason in History, written sometime in the 1800s, early 1800s, I think. Uh, But my homeboy, my pal Hegel, suggests that we really don't have control in our lives, even when we think that we have control. Uh, G.W.F. Hegel was a German idealist philosopher uh, doing his thing in the late 1700s, early 1800s. His thing was um, to try to attempt to tie up philosophical loose ends so he could present the final finished version of philosophy to the world. Um, he thought that philosophy advanced far enough in the in the late 1700s, early 1800s that they'd kind of considered all plausible and possible questions. And then like, we just needed to tie up a couple loose ends and we've got a whole systematic philosophical um, context um, that we could share with the rest of the world. He wanted to incorporate all past events, present events, future events into one understandable system while preserving this, this possibility of freedom. So needless to say, systems and freedom don't tend to mix very well. They largely contradict each other. Systems tend to be products of reason, rationality, and a little bit of luck. And freedom tends to be this acidic, acidic thing to a system. And so anybody who's in charge of systems uh, is usually looking to tamp down the amount of freedom the individuals within that system are allowed to have. So let's go ahead and jump into Hegel's system. Hegel was a um, German philosopher in the late 1700s, early 1800s. And his view on the state of philosophy was that there were some loose ends that needed to be tied up, but most of the major problems had been solved by philosophy. And so his attempt, his thesis, was to bring everything together, tie up the loose ends, and then present in a book to the world the final say, if you will, the final truth on philosophy and the way that we should live, both as individuals and as nations. One of the things that he brings up in his book, Reason and History, is that history is actually being guided by this reason. Um, I wouldn't quite go so far as to say that God is has an invisible hand over reason and is bringing, I'm sorry, invisible hand over history and is bringing history to its final conclusion. Hegel never went that far. What he did say was because human beings operate by reason, that reason has been present in all situations, moving us, progressing us, if you will, through history to a final perfect um, situation. And so his ability to bring together all these philosophical loose ends, tie them all up and present it to the world as the final authority on the way that you should live. Uh, he saw this as just a natural step to the progress that you can see throughout history, or at least according to him, you can see throughout history. And so he developed this, this system, if you will, 
of synthesis, antithesis, and thesis. Um, and I kind of said that backwards. But the idea is that as we progress through history, there's always a thesis, an idea, a person, a thing moving forward. And then that thesis, because it's incomplete and we're human, always collides with an antithesis and they negate each other. So they erase each other in a, in a, in a certain sense and they pr produce a synthesis. And that synthesis is a better version of the previous two things that collided. So, for example, in a situation like war, when the United States entered World War I or World War II or whichever war you want to choose, the conflict itself is a thesis. The United States entering into the conflict is the antithesis. And then, for example, in the case of World War II, the synthesis would be that the United States has now become a world power because it did enter the war and help bring it to a conclusion. And so some might look back and say World War II was a bad thing, but you're just looking at it from the antithesis perspective. And if you say the United States was a great nation in the 1930s, you're looking at it from the synthesis perspective and both are you know, partially incorrect. So when, when the two collide, when the United States enters a war and eventually um, uh, we help bring the war to an end, that produces the synthesis, which is the new reality, the new world order, if you will. And so you can apply this to individual lives as well. Um, I'm driving along. I get into a car wreck. Oh, my gosh, that's bad. That's the new synthesis. Um, however, the new synthesis becomes its own thesis, its own reason, if you will. So I get into a car wreck, that becomes the new thesis, and I just happen to get into a car wreck with my, uh, the future love of my life. So we recognize this, we exchange numbers, fall in love, start dating, get married, have kids, all that stuff. And so now the car wreck that maybe initially I thought was a bad thing, or objectively you could say, ooh, all car wrecks are bad things. Because a relationship developed out of that car wreck, you can now go back and call that car wreck a good thing. And then the new synthesis is my new reality. I've, I'm in a relationship uh, with the love of my life because of that event. And so it couldn't have been all bad because it helped to create something good. And so if you follow this trail of thought for a while, you start to see that the, the lines between good and bad get blurred. So having being catapulted into an event where you're uncomfortable, you may immediately think, wow, this is really horrible. But let's say that you succeed and you become a better person for that event that was initially uncomfortable. Well, now that thing that you labeled bad actually becomes good because it helped build who you are and you're happy with who you are. And so what you end up doing is you end up looking at these collisions of thesis and antithesis, and you're not able to judge them as it happens, you can only judge them in the final moment, in the final event. And so I can look back to the way I was raised, the fact that I was born in Costa Rica, all these things that were kind of good or bad, and I really can't judge them because um, at 46 years old, I'm really, really happy with my life and where it's going. So I kind of have to admit that everything 
that has brought me to this point has participated in the good. And so even the bad stuff, I have to relabel good stuff, uh, like when I was beat up in middle school uh, because I was uh, a Hispanic. Well, that helped me become a better person because I grew thicker skin and that lent itself to my success um, in my current um, career and position. And so now because everything in my past has to be judged by my current position, then if I'm in a bad position, then everything in my past is colored in the direction of bad. If I'm in a good position, everything's colored in the direction of good. And so what Hegel says is, you can't make any final assessments on anything that's ever happened to you as good or as bad because you haven't fi- reached that final moment. And he takes it a step further. He says that because human beings have a pretty short lifespan, but societies have a much longer lifespan, societies have a better view on what is good and what is bad. And therefore, your individual perspective has to kind of take into account what society says about you. And so even though you may be happy, for example, let's say 50, 60 years ago, uh, you're a gay man and you're perfectly fine with it. If society doesn't see that as a good thing, you have to take that into account and kind of be shameful and not be happy with that situation. Because again, Hegel says that societies have a better view on what is good versus bad because they've gone through more of these thesis, antithesis, negation episodes than individual people have. And so Hegel takes this in the direction of the state and says that governments are also part of society and they survive longer. And so they're going to have a pretty big say in what is good and what what is bad. And so in Hegel's book, Reason in History, his argument is that because reason has been embedded in all events in human history and reason informs individuals as well as societies that we should listen to society. But since we haven't reached that final perfect society, even societies can't decide whether they're in a good place or a bad place. And so um, one of the things that you can kind of point to is say something like, was, was Hitler a bad person? Well, it depends on where that final one world, you know, new world order society ends up. If we end up in a really good place, then Hitler contributed to our advancement to that good place. And I'm certainly not saying that he was the bringer of truth or anything crazy like that, but his his position as a world player on the world stage helped push us in the direction of good. And Hegel would say, therefore, for all participants in the push towards the good, must necessarily participate in the good, even if they didn't know it at the time. So I'm not sure that I can fully subscribe to this, of course. Um, But maybe that's what reason wants me to do is to doubt reason and doubt reason in history as it plays my life out towards the truth. And so what I gather from Hegel is that I can align myself with the idea of the truth to a certain extent but I also need to believe and doubt simultaneously. I need to be patient, but also act simultaneously. I need to act as an individual as I'm looking towards society for guidance. So what are your thoughts here? Go ahead, and if you're using the Anchor app, 
leave me some suggestions. Leave me your, your, your thoughts on this approach that GW, GWF Hegel says that essentially there's no such thing as good. There's no such thing as bad. There's just progress and movement towards a final perfection. <laughs>